views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants and no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning, America. Tuesday morning, 9.05, and that means there's another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour radio program. Right here on Smoker 99.9 FM and also 1380 AM on the dial since 1954. Alexa, Apple, uh, the fastest growing segment we have is TuneIn Radio, an absolute free app anywhere with your phone or your apparatus. And if you miss any part of this show or my other fine programming on W1RI, you can always get caught up on the podcast at anchor.fm slash Wayne dash Bobber. And uh, I'd like to thank the IT department here at WNRI for that real quick service. AuthorsHourBookstore.com. New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new AuthorsHourBookstore.com. Over 600 selections on the uh, website now, AuthorsHourBookstore.com, with a library of over 4,000 different titles. If there's anything in particular you're looking for, a specialty cookbook, Amish cookbooks, uh, local uh, 4-H clubs, uh, business clubs, specialty cookbooks from around New England, or any hunting and fishing books, especially pre-1980. We have got them. I'm specializing in them. A lot of them are autographed copies. A lot of them are first editions. And we'll pass on the savings to you. And with the tri-state region and my vast knowledge of logistics, we can work out that deal. Well, I'll drop it off right to your house or use the uh, media packing by uh, United States Postal Service at a flat 365. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. And today's PSA for birthdays today is going to be um, one of my relatives, um, my niece's son, so it'd be my great-nephew, Taylor Chamberlain, uh, graduate of Bryan College, turns 24 today, uh, one of the co-owners of Serio's Pizzeria and Restaurant, Teresa Paradise Ponte, has a big birthday today. Make sure you give her a little extra tip today while she's serving you. Uh, retired, and what an author he is. He's really putting out the books now and retirement from the Providence Journal. Ed Acorn, a big birthday, calls Connecticut home. And former from Citizens Bank over in Japatchet. We all know her. Happy birthday tomorrow to Carol Slocum. 
uh, Ronnie's wife enjoying their retirement in these years. Well, officially they open at 10 o'clock, but I got a real good hunch that they opened early today because I can smell that aroma coming right down the Blackstone Valley. And yep, it's not my Maxo house, it's Hogan Brothers Coffee, available at Book Lovers Gourmet. They a local independent bookstore owned and operated by Debbie Horan since 1995. And they're located at 72 East Main Street, Webster, Mass. Officially open at 10, uh, 508-949-6232. With new arrivals every day. Especially, they have a children's section, puzzles, games. They're very receptive and open to local authors, local artists, and local musicians. And they put on demonstrations and book signings there all the time. Now, this uh, coming Saturday, April 29th, as you know in the industry, is Independent Bookstore Day. And join us for the 10th anniversary of Independent Bookstore. I'll see. It takes place once a year. And special appearance this week by Tom Ingrassia, author of One Door Closes. And that's going to be a book signing in person from 1 to 3 this Saturday at Book Lovers Gourmet. Plus exclusive books and literary items that you can only get on that day. The first 40 customers will get a special treat from Debbie and her fine staff at Book Lovers Gourmet at 72 East Main Street. Webster, Massachusetts, 508-949-6232. What a fantastic job she does with that store. Always changing the inventory with new arrivals and slightly read books. We had scheduled today a double header, but everybody has a day job. And we had scheduled for volume one of The Endless Times by Walter Stephen Geating. And uh, we're working on that with the IT department. Uh, the different time zones, too. He may be on the West Coast, which would make it, I think, 10 past 6 out there at this time. But we'll work on that. And on the second half, uh, we have tentatively scheduled. And i got to keep using that word because everybody has a day job. But uh, by popular demand, it'll be his fifth appearance on the Author's Hour. Um, Poet Laureate from the state of New York uh, calls Hell's Kitchen's uh, home down there where he lives. And uh, a professor, a teacher, uh, there's nothing bigger in poetry in New York than Mr. James Nicola. And why we have him on for an encore presentation right this week, he is going to be very, very lucky. He sent me his uh, itinerary, and he's going to be in Southbridge, Massachusetts, this coming Thursday. So we cannot miss that, and we'd like to talk about that and do a little promoting for one of the rock stars of poetry in this entire country uh, coming up into New England with the explosion of short stories and poetry. And I don't say that lightly because I monitor everything with emails at waynewnri at yahoo.com. And every time I have a poet or read poetry or talk about the national winners, uh, Amanda Gorman or uh, the guy that won American Got Talent with his show in Las Vegas, I get a flood of 
poetry questions on my email. Yeah, uh, James is going to be at the uh, Starlight over in Southbridge, Massachusetts, Thursday. We'll keep that on the side here for when he calls in. And uh, everything, uh, like I say, we make all the arrangements for our guests to come on, and everybody does have a day job. But hairstyles today uh, by the Worcester Hair Company. I'm going to remove my St. Louis Cardinal hat so everybody can see. Use your imagination. That's radio. And transportation and limousines supplied by CJ Trans of Fairbanks. And I'm totally happy with a Ford Escape. Good mileage. And I tried it out once on snow this year. That's all we had. And it really went well. But you know what's coming up, too? Wednesday is recipe for a good day. And I got advance on Monday because I'm on the email list for Little General's Weekly Specials. And I got to load up again. One pound increments of their own Chuck Hamburg. So many things the empty nesters can do with a good quality one pound of good Chuck. Now, my wife makes a stir fry in the wok with the chestnuts and pea pods and all that. And she uses Little General cube steak, cuts it up, browns it first, you know, braises it first, and then lets it simmer in that nice juice. Cube steak to make a nice, nice wok. At $5.99 a pound and no limit on that. So stock up on it, freeze as well. And ham off the bone at $5.99 a pound. Uh, really gaining in popularity at Little General stores. I uh, get the secret to their success. Uh, they've got gift cards, propane exchange in most locations, money orders, but most important of all, the roll open eight days a week. And they have the great delis. That they're really known for that with the delis. Uh, what's coming up? We had um, a monthly meeting uh, for the Association of Rhode Island Authors. And boy, have we got some schedules coming up. We have some book signings. And let me see. I got a list of them right here. Uh, Meet the Authors was on 326. Okay, the next one coming up is Bristol State Street Spring Festival on October 15th. Situate Farmers Market, we've already, uh, that's going to start in from May through October. Every Saturday morning, we supply a different rotating Rhode Island author for that. And don't uh, discard the 39 farmers markets we have in the state of Rhode Island. It's a very big opportunity to think outside the box to sell some of your local Rhode Island books. People are always looking for something local, and they always have cash in the right hand pocket. They, you know, they want to purchase something at the farmers market that's local, not necessarily food or vegetables, because there's other things available. Uh, Bristol State Street Art Festival is coming up May 13th. Uh, Barrington Arts Festival is 6-11. Uh, we're going to do the Loof again this year down on Narragansett Bay at Crescent Park. And you know what's amazing about the Loof doing a book signing down there with your 10 by 10 pop-up? Even if it rains, you're going to get sales because the people look for cover. They come under and they end up buying one or two books. Or if you have more than one book, you can do a package deal while you're waiting for a shower to stop. So don't let that uh, threat of any bad weather stop you at a book signing. We're all prepared for all different conditions with side pieces for our, our 10 by 10s. And uh, we know how to do it. 
We're also going to be at the Bristol State Street Art Festival, a Barville Art Festival. We've made a deal with them. Uh, the Big E is going to be by lottery again this year from 9.15 to 10.1 in the Rhode Island building. And be prepared, uh, 90,000 to 110,000 people per day go through that Rhode Island building. So be prepared with the right inventory and the right sales pitch to make a quick sale. Sitchwood Art Festival, Bristol State Street Festival on 1014. We'll have another table set up at the Boston Book Festival. And uh, one of the biggest uh, growing segments of the Association of Rhode Island Authors and Kappa in Connecticut are the Comic-Cons explosion that's uh, developing and opening up everywhere. And we've been right uh, from day one at the Rhode Island Comic-Con in Providence. Uh, we're up to like 14 of our uh a portfolio and our authors that do the sci-fi and every one of them either sell out or make a lot of valuable contacts we've gone as far as tampa florida uh new york chicago and uh the boston area and the comic cons are here to stay and what an opportunity if you're a sci-fi uh type of author in that group and the like i said the poetry is growing big uh, just ask Dr. Michael Fine about short stories. He'll tell you his collection of short stories is one of his biggest sellers. And that seems to be the attention gap of a whole new bevy of young readers and teenagers and young people that are coming into short stories and poetry. Business 101 again. Poets at Lodge is really expanding too. And now they uh, take on the Rose Room. Over at 4 East Main Street in Webster, Mass. With a, uh, a whole calendar of events. And uh, so many other things that Karen and uh, all the other members of that are really, really expanding. Okay. Next part of our show is going to be sponsored by Bullseye Shooting Supplies at 837 Park Avenue. Uh, you can always get a blue card over there six days a week. They open at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, they got a sale going on now, 1,000 rounds of 9mm. Uh, Henry Lifetime Rifles arrived last week. And also, let me see, they had the military deal last weekend. And Paul said we had tremendous success on that. Uh, thank you very much for the good ad at WNRI. You know, what separates Bullseye Shooting Supplies from all the many options that you have at your buying shopping uh, disposal? Bullseye Shooting Supplies does not carry anything in fishing or archery. They specialize the experts, whether it's Marcel, whether it's Paul or Matt or any of the factory-trained staff. They know the rules and regulations for the tri-state region, for the waiting periods, the holding periods, uh, antique firearms, you name it, black powder. You're not going to get that at your other options of purchasing out there. The experience is right at the counter at Bullseye Shooting Supplies, six days a week, 930 in the morning at 837 Park Avenue, 401 766 
We talked last night on the race chat. A nice, nice show we had uh, with a champion from uh, Wiscasset Speedway up in uh, Maine, which is very, very nearby. But I got a lot of complimentary emails on the way home and then continued overnight about the great job that Shane Hopkins, Herbie, Raylene, the rest of the staff, the Vizinas and Scotty over at Northeast Race Cars and Speed with the he shed. Not the she shed. And they're building race cars and race trucks right in northern Rhode Island. I had the pleasure, and I called ahead and asked Shane if I could do it, because very, very busy man. Uh, busy as a one-armed paper hanger, as they would say. And 33 years in business, him and Herbie. And I says to myself, you mind if someday I bring my dad over at 97? And uh, show him the evolution in building race cars today versus when he came home from the Second World War and everybody had a 37 Ford Coupe or a 40 Ford Coupe. And uh, we had 16 race tracks in Massachusetts at that time. We had five of them here in Rhode Island. We had 31 in Connecticut, all in my book, New England's Golden Years of Racing. And uh, my father, they had the Ford uh, Flathead in that. Uh, with the Stromberg carburetors and the Mercury Zephyr transmission. and You always put the truck wheels and the truck tires on. That way you can do some banging on the dirt. And uh, I took them over last Wednesday. Beautiful day. And uh, drove them right up to the he shed. And uh, I said, Dad, I says, I'm going to show you how they're building race cars today. So the bird cages were all on the scales and uh, the MIG welding, all the different types of welding, electric and gas. And uh, there was a 442 at the door, a 64 Plymouth Valiant with that 273 right on the side of it. And uh, a couple of modifieds that just, just raced in the top 10 up at Thompson. So they're building quality cars and trucks in all divisions on all racetracks. And you see the trailers also from Northeast Race Cars and Speed. They bring those speed pots right to the racetracks. You'll see them right in Pitt Road and other venues on that throughout New England. And also all the way down to New Smyrna, Florida in years past. But uh, Scotty was loading up, reloading one of the trailers. And I took my father over there and he says, can you believe that? Bringing pots right to the customer like that. I said, well, George, you know, it's a different age from when you started with Barber's Auto Supply and International Harvester down in Providence. And, you know, being one of the founders of Pasco Auto Pass with uh, Dick McNamara back in the 50s, 59. And uh, Johnny Pomfret Ford sales before that with George's Auto Repairs now in Mapleville. That was my dad with the Ford dealership they had there, a division of National Motors from Woonsocket, where Woonsocket Post Office is today. You didn't know American Ringer was there and a Ford dealership right there on that same uh, body of land? Well, I'm uh, getting a little bit off, but Northeast Race Cars and Speed are really doing a great job with local jobs and local taxpayers. And also Herbie uh, sets up the foundation company, which is Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair. And uh, a very great, great business philosophy that's worked for 33 years. The best brake job in town. Uh, get it right and repaired right the very first time. No comebacks. That's the goal at an affordable price. At Northeast Race Cars and Speed, Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair, a local for Cox uh, phone number, 401-710-9992. 
or uh, Scott and the parts department will ship out any of the speed equipment by 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday, by calling 1-800-766-4748. What a winning combination. Some of the books that we put in on inventory in the author's hour, uh, bookstore.com, Upstream by Ben Backman. We got that on there, moderately priced at $10. Exploring the Hidden Charles River by Michael Tugas. And that was out in print and sold out quickly back in 97. I've got that because it's really starting to get a lot of traction. I've got that priced at $35. Uh, 50 Hikes in Massachusetts by Paul and Ruth Sadler has been a very, very good seller. That was printed back in 1975. I've got that priced at $10. And let's sweeten up the pot. Uh, Wayne, WNRI, Yahoo.com. If any of the inventory that's on the computer you're really interested in, uh, you're automatically going to get 10% off on your first purchase. I will take another 10% off by mentioning today's show. Uh, we got also a fantastic uh, cookbook, a Sand Hills Collection cookbook. And it's from Nebraska by the St. Mary's Altar Society. I spotted this, and I, I just had to have it. And the uh, recipes that are in that 193 pages should be a blueprint for any specialty group in the country. It's that good. And I've got some real one-of-a-kind Autobahn Society books that were made in 1973, printed in 1973 and 1975. Uh, it's a series that they came out to acknowledge the big benefactors, the big donors to the Autobahn Society. It was like a little reward program they had. And they're all under a series of man and nature. And uh, one of them basically on land use. Another one is just on uh, mammals. Very, very interesting reading with a New England flavor to them. And you won't find them anywhere else because they were only handed out to members. And you'll find a lot of books like that, rare and oddity books, on the authorsourbookstore.com. I'm going to get ready for the second half of the show. Like I said, everybody has a day job, and all we can do is schedule them and then reschedule them. We throw the virus in, we throw the day job in, and traffic you know, you name it. There's a lot of intangibles on scheduling guests. Please enjoy. It's all about those books, and I'll be right back. Because you know I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Yeah, it's pretty clear that I'm really cool. Because I'm reading, reading, it's what I like to do Cause I got that fiction that everyone's chasing All of these books take you so many places I see those magazines, they make them reading hot They're great when time is short and you can even swap If you got books at Kindles, just raise them up Cause anything you read is perfect from the start until the stop Yeah, Javon said she told me don't worry about the size 
Cause you know I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, hey. I'm bringing reading back. Go ahead and check out a gigantic stack. Nah, I'm not joking. I know you think it's mad. But I'm here to tell you, every book is an adventure. Makes you never want to stop. Yeah, the one said she told me, don't worry. Cheesecake. What a name for a customer. What a company. This thing is growing so fast. I hope he gets on Shark Tank. I, I think they would really jump on board. This fine business called Who Cut the Cheesecake with over 20 flavors right in the center of Chapacha, Rhode Island, right at the Rotary. You cannot miss it. Uh, the first part of the week, he's delivering all wholesale to the Beef Barn and their branch store in uh, Massachusetts, uh, to the Smokehouse in Blackstone, and other fine establishments who have jumped on board. Who cut the cheesecake? What a fantastic product that David Silva's got out there right now. And also, he does parties and catering. And uh, Wednesday through Sunday, uh, the retail establishment is open at the Rotary in Chapachet with a nice coffee pot going. And he's got a card system now and not a dozen, 10 cups of coffee and the 11th is free. And boy, that is, that's a nice, a nice refreshing thing to get a free cup of coffee when you're coming in to get some cheesecake with over 20 flavors. You, you got to try it. It is the talk. It's a destination, a destination company in northern Rhode Island for the tri-state region. There's nothing like it out there. Who cut the cheesecake? 401-742-9240. And, you know, as we age, we're creatures of habit, and especially what we eat. If you have to realize and just think back, we're still eating the same stuff that we grew up on. And we're very leery to try other different ethnic groups, you know, afraid of heartburn or having some other negative reaction. 
Well, I'm getting an education now on Mexican food. So I figured the customer called and wanted to advertise on my shows. And this is what he does. Every Tuesday when I get off the air, I stop in and ask him how things are going and you want to change the ad. And he sits me down and gives me a different Mexican dish. So I educate myself on his menu and the flavors of authentic Mexican food. This is not a knockoff. This is not a wannabe. This is authentic Mexican food right here in Blackstone, Massachusetts, right on the side at the border of one socket. 114 Main Street, plenty of free parking right at the door, seven-day operation open at 11 in the morning. Uh, for takeout, it's 508-928-0904. And a week and a half ago, we added on a delivery service. Now, as E.B. Harvey would say, the rest of the story. It's Casa Burritos, authentic Mexican food. Also, with gluten-free options and what I'm going to take advantage of because it's really got my curiosity up. He started a catering, Mexican food catering. So, you, you know, a big piece of property we have up in the Northeast Quiet Corner, and I love to entertain. We're going to have a Mexican-themed party. Wear the hats. Maybe that Kiko de Mayo or whatever that holiday is. We're going to have the music playing, and we're going to have it catered with authentic Mexican food. The way he's got it decorated and the way Oscar from American Beauty and Desiree, who really went outside the box with the signage on this business, what an outstanding job. It's a poster child for advertising in the country. That's how good Desiree with three E's. But let's get back to it. Casa Burritos will, as soon as you open the door and enter, you're going to swear you just crossed the border. You think you're in Mexico, and then the aromas of authentic Mexican food. 508 928 0904, right at 114 Main Street in Blackstone, seven days a week. Now, uh, let me see, appearance number five, or is it appearance number six? I have more comments. Every time I have this rock star of the poetry industry on this show, my emails light up like a Christmas tree. And management and the bookstores, they all send me an email. Why are you promoting or talking to an outsider, someone that calls Hell's Kitchen in New York home? And I said, well... I met this gentleman at a book signing in Cumberland at the monastery. He impressed me then. He impressed me now. I love his work. It deserves to get national worldwide attention. And I made a promise to him a long time ago. The next time you come a tour through New England, you better must. Let me know on that. I'm honestly thinking of renting a bus and putting an ad on a couple of my websites and bring a whole truckload up there. I've done that in the past with race, racing events and uh, other promotions that I've done. But on the phone right now, direct from Hell's Kitchen, and uh, an early riser, he, he's healthy and fit, is James B. Nicola. 
And the very first thing I've got to ask you, what is the status of Broadway in New York on this date in April? Are they back 100%? Well, they're back in production. Hi, Wayne, and hi, everybody up up there in uh, New England and across the country, because I know you stream online also. Um, uh, production is back. Uh, attendance isn't quite what it was still, you know, because some people are still, as am I, uh, uh, squiffy. And there's, when there was a, the mask rule for audiences, people could go with, and everyone was wearing a mask, and it was monitored, it was pretty safe. But today, some people are still a bit squeamish because not everybody, you know, has been vaccinated or whatnot. But but the pr- production is, is up. You can come to New York, see Broadway shows, and the tourists are in, and on Wednesday mornings, the tourist buses are all parking near me when I go jogging toward the river. That's where the buses are. If I go late in the morning, they already came from Worcester or Providence or Woonsocket, the bus where they come in the morning to bop around New York and go to a Broadway show at 2 and then go home that evening. We see the bus, so it's back, but just not, it's, I don't think they're going to have a, a banner year quite for a while, but it's back. You can come to New York, see shows. Okay. What's not back is off-off-Broadway, the small theaters. There are some, but not the hundreds that there were years ago, so I was just talking to somebody about that. But in New York, it's, it's, it's back, and all the and hotels and restaurants, it's back, and you can eat outside in almost any restaurant, and now the weather's nice, so... Come visit. <laughs> now, James, in your portfolio, in your education in the field, uh, in years past, you did a lot of lectures and a lot of teaching on all different levels. Has that bounced back now, or has the virus really hurt that? Well, bounce back for people, sure, schools are open and whatnot. Bounce back for me, well, I was, you know, two years of the shut-in, I wasn't, quote-unquote, quote, unquote, keeping... Um, um, you know, uh, sending out notices to friends of mine and departments and whatnot. But no, it's it's back. Uh, uh, and I was last year at a fabulous school on the Upper uh, East Side, and that was for, for a National Poetry Month event, and that was terrific. So, yes, I can say it's back. Uh, it's back in for live audiences in Southern Massachusetts, and uh, I can tell you, I'm going to be performing on Thursday evening right in Southbridge, Massachusetts. So, and then I'll be in. Uh, uh, um, Bristol, Rhode Island on June 12th, a Sunday morning at the Audubon Place. So I have two New England events coming up. But uh, this one on uh, Thursday, I'm going to be a featured poet along with an old colleague of mine uh, who was in a show of mine 40, 41 years ago or 42 years ago, 42 and a half years ago. And he's become a poet also, as have I, from doing theater at Worcester State in the summer of 1980. So it's going to be great to see you. Anyway, that's at Southbridge at the Starlight um, uh, Bar in Southbridge, Massachusetts, just down the road. It's on the Connecticut border, not too far. Let's get our address. Things are back. I'm just not. My my own, as it were, uh, schedule is not back to the 100% that I was at. You know, usually National. National Poetry Month, April, I'm busy, you know, every day. But this this year, not quite. Next year, yes. I it's coming back quick. Yeah. Uh, the name and the address yeah. on that is the Starlight Bar and Gallery at 39 Hamilton Street in Southbridge, Massachusetts. And that's going to be from 7 to 10. And it's always held on the last Thursday of each month. Open mic sign-up starts at 6.30. That's always a, a real crapshoot. I've seen some clunkers and i've seen some rock stars getting their first exposure at an open mic and it's really fun admission is free 
but my St. Louis Hakano hat will be passed around uh, to pay for a feature and compensate the starlight for the use of the space. And uh, unbelievable. What a sh- I can't wait. That's uh, I think it says Thursday night, right? Yeah, Thursday night. It's this Thursday. Yep. I yeah. go. I come up Wednesday to stay with my brother, and then Thursday I'll be in Southbridge and see all of you guys. <laughs> well, I hope it's a big turnout, and if not, you know, it's a good time. I'll be catching up with you there. Now, some of your yeah. work. And, and everybody, you can buy my poetry. I'll bring poetry books if you want to buy a signed. Well, I highly recommend Wind in yeah. the Cave, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that is a, a real rock star one that I referenced going back quite a few times. Uh, Fire of Heaven, Poems of Faith and Sense, uh, Turns and Twists, Quickening, Poems from Before and Beyond. Uh, just uh, Since we've talked, have you released anything brand new? Or do you want to oh, keep I that got, a secret? Uh, you want to keep that no, a secret for the show? Up. I got one coming out. It's going to be published out of Boston, Surveyna Barva Press. It's on its way to the printers, or, or the, the cover's being designed now, but the whole in, inside pages are done, and that's called uh, Natural Tendencies. It's coming out soon. Uh, na- you can imagine it's nature poems, but it's also the tendency to love nature. And it's from Surveyna Barva Press out of Somerville, and that'll be coming soon. So I'll be reading something from that uh, Thursday night I'll bring up uh, as well as well as I got one primed if we have time for a short poem I got the first poem up on the screen here in case you want anybody wants to hear a poem but that's nature poetry so uh, Thoreau is one of the uh, people you know epigraphs at the beginning of the book New England's own Henry David Thoreau who also loved nature and it's uh, that one is interesting structurally because part one is walkways and waterways so you can imagine if you're a nature lover going for walks along the water or ocean or in the woods or mountains part two is flora and fauna so poems about or inspired by animals and plant life or vice versa and part three is spirit and sky so it's looking up and realizing the sort of divine nature of everything through isn't this amazing that we have this natural world that exists and it's all here for us Etc. So spirit, and so those are the three aspects of the natural tendencies. And uh, every time I think or look outside or just jog on the Hudson today, I'm still flabbergasted by my gosh, this sky. And we all are, you know, when we go for a walk from the pier, it's like, wow, how great, you know. And on my very pier, I don't think I wrote a poem about that. Just I saw a double rainbow in New York City once. Double. I've seen a double rainbow. There is a poem about this. The double rainbow in Scotland, the same day I went to Loch Lomond, you know, as in the song, You Take the High Road, but saw a triple rainbow in Telluride, Colorado once. When you see a triple rainbow, it knocks you for a loop. It's like, ah, and everybody came outside. Everybody called each other, get outside now. It's a triple rainbow. It's so rare. But it's still the magnificence of, so that's what the upcoming collection is about, natural tendencies. James, talk a little bit about your education, uh, getting you prepared for a life in this industry? Well, hardly an industry and hardly uh, prepared. I'm probably in poetry, which you would call an autodidact. Uh, that is, when because I have a th- career in the theater and my degree is in music, but fortunately I went to first Clark University where all those kids can do anything and then transferred to Yale University where if you can't do anything, you can find out how to do anything. So they're both incredibly self-motivated students at both places. Therefore, I realize even more and more today, the preparation was to be so curious and driven about anything that I'm gonna find out all I can, even if I don't go get another graduate degree in the third, fourth, or fifth field. 
I started getting published in poetry in second grade, oddly enough, and then an editorial in fifth grade, a conservation editorial uh, uh, and whatnot. But that wasn't necessarily what I was going to go into. I was interested in science and math and played the piano and performed for the whole school at assemblies. and th So I was every different kind of geek there was, except a lit geek <laughs> as a kid, literary geek. But then um, I, I started writing poetry in 2000 sort of daily and haven't stopped. And all of a sudden now I have... Six, seven poetry books out with some more in the works. and uh, But I did, when that started, spend time reading everything I could read about poetry, poets on poetry, that anthology, and uh, just to find out anything I could about tips uh, from, from, from poets on what they did. So I probably read as much as many people who go get the graduate degrees in poetry um, and read and read all the time and read poems twice, if not ten times, if it takes ten times, and memorize poems to try to really... And the interesting thing is if you read my nonfiction book, Playing the Audience, which might be available at your library, but you can also buy it from Applause, which it won a Choice Award, so it took a lot of drafts for me to... Of it, to for me to turn into a writer, because I wasn't, but fortunately as an undergraduate... I had all the tools I needed to be able to learn to write and then be able to hone it later. But I knew all the you know grammar stuff and knew to find out about rhetoric and and, and um, structure of an essay, no less movement of a poem or the involvement that you need to do with prose. So I was lucky that uh, I, I was open to realizing, okay, you wrote that first draft pretty sucky, now what do you do? <laughs> and that's the hardest thing for any writer in any genre it is to see your own work and go, okay, next. <laughs> when you're, particularly when you're starting, okay, I'm not God's gift to, to literature, now what? <laughs> and so the, the humility to look at my work and go, okay, rewrite this. <laughs> okay, all right, it doesn't zing. <laughs> I have, so I try to observed, make poem I have observed one commonality <laughs> after doing 300 or more author interviews and poet interviews on the author's hour that 99.9% of everybody that's been on the other end of the mic is an avid, ferocious reader. Whether they're writing or not, they're always reading something. And I think that's the key to keep you motivated and eliminate possibility of a writer's block. It keeps you in that mode like an engine purring. Yeah, and even more, I can say it's like eating a soul and growing from it. Like, I think the movie was Excalibur, a science fiction sword and fantasy one, when the hero kills a villain and they turn into, uh, I don't know, electromagnetic energy. He absorbs it. Well, that's reading. On my bookshelves are all these souls that people have codified in words for me. So I can pick up an Edna St. Vincent Millay or E.E. E. Cummings poem and memorize it and share it and we've all grown because we've gone somewhere and shared an experience that we didn't have so we grow experientially that's when you read the good stuff then there's fun reading too and then it's good to see how did the like even phantom of the opera one of the last uh, novels i read in french you know was drivel but so good and you see how he keeps and before i uh, had to take a break because i was take care of my mother for a few years that was the last one i read in about 2013 or 14 before i came to take care of my mother well, and I just go, oh, even that, how, the cliffhangers that he leaves you on to just find structurally, how do they keep you turning pages? So there's, you know, things for device of a writer, and then there's the hugeness of soul that you saw. And then, you know, the great writer Shakespeare, George Eliot, Steinbeck, 
uh, wow, that they take you on a, a place of the plight of the human soul and makes you really be part of the human community more and more. Because, and, oh, and God, Mark Twain, of course, and uh, the British one, it's me, Thomas Hardy. How do they write like they're your best friend and they're dead and they're writing just to you? It's still a mystery. How do they do that? But every time I read Thomas Hardy or Mark Twain, by page three or four or five, it's like I'm in a warm bath and with a friend. I go, how do you do that? Yep. I, I still don't know how they do that. But I know it's in the back of my mind or the bottom of my heart or soul to try to write to whoever I'm writing to, a poem or anything else, as that relationship of I'm talking to you from camaraderie and from mutual plight of the human soul in struggle because the world is a mess <laughs> and we got it really open. is there's plenty <laughs> to write about uh another question <laughs> i've always wanted to ask you would your lecture teaching careers or screenplays college work and stuff like that in your long illustrious career have you followed anybody that you have mentored that's really excelled and you predicted it the first time you met them and said, this one's going to, this is a blue chip, they're going to be a winner. Anybody stand out that we should know about? Yeah, but that would be name dropping, so I wouldn't do that. But I can say that names that aren't is when I was in Oklahoma in 97-98, I taught audition process to seniors, and one of them who was a C student but didn't care because, you know, getting a BFA, wanted to make his parents happy and would hang around in the office. And that's right, he did it all the time. But he was wicked talented, big, booming voice to sing. Well, he was working nonstop. So I told him, um, make sure to get on the list for my building with this performing artist in my building, Manhattan Plaza. Manhattan Plaza is also the name of my first collection. So if you like New York poems, that's Manhattan Plaza. Anyway, sure enough, he gets in 10 years later. And now I just saw him the other day and realized, oh, my gosh, if you were 21 in 98... Oh, my gosh. And he's, and he's a guy who had a 20, 30-year career. Not a famous name. I mean, I've worked with other people. That, not to say that I knew they were going to be, but, um, but I've worked with people that have won Tony Awards, you know, years ago and whatnot. But I go, that's just name dropping. Because I, they weren't necessarily that I mentored or taught or whatnot, just that I knew them and worked with them and wished them well, and I'm happy to see they're doing great and things. I think uh, one of the uh, hottest ones in the country is that young lady, Amanda Gorman, who uh, did the inauguration this year from, uh, you know, Mr. Biden's uh, inauguration and had everybody spellbound. And then a recording that I've played three times on this show, uh, the one she did for the United Nations that had uh, 50 different countries with the translators with the headsets. They were bawling just listening to it. And the translation, she's that good. How, how do you rate Amanda Gorman? Is she the rock star or the the up-and-coming leader of poetry in the United States? Well, we'll see. I know she moved me in the inauguration one. I didn't see the U.N. one. But, you know, I don't have her books and read her. I'm working on my stuff and whatnot. And um, we don't... And the but interesting thing, I mean, I heard, I don't know, whatever, uh, people trying to knock down... I, I, it's an interesting thing at the inauguration. I did not know, because I don't have video. At the time, I didn't have internet, don't watch television because I'm busy reading and writing. And then I realized from what she said, oh my gosh, you got African ancestry too. I knew she was from Newton. I had no idea with a Jewish last name. I know Gorman's from Worcester that's Jewish. I had no idea that she had, you know, African background. I did know 
that she was the junior or young or whatever it's called poet laureate. So when people said, somebody, some even poet said, oh, it's on there for, uh, what's it called, optics. And I go, yeah, Kennedy, the youngest president, had Robert Frost. Was that for optics, you know, the oldest poet? That doesn't bother me. She already had a career for being published at age 14. I know enough about her to know serious about stuff and some of those you know lines i can't quote them but some of those moments in the inauguration are still killer and still resonant to me today so just that somebody could do a live poetry event and leave you with so it doesn't matter you know rocks all the words you're saying great but to everybody out there who's a writer or poet you worry about your stuff if you're going to be inspired by someone like her or anyone else absolutely be inspired but don't worry about what someone else is doing or their successes you keep working on what you're working on uh and i, I keep working on what i'm working on and wish everyone else well that's what i do i wish everyone well so i would have no problem if she was the leader of the future but i, I don't we don't really think in those terms we're doing our stuff and we're supporting others that do their stuff but we don't have we don't need to rank or rate or anything like that but just i i've only heard of that one time at the inauguration and already it was not your not your, well, not the your rumor head is she got a, a three-book yeah. deal at one. Yeah, you, men you mentioned one. that. You mentioned that last time, and yeah. there is, as you know, a friend of Lenore, my friend from Woonsocket, you know, uh, that stayed over here once. You know, a, a nationally ranked slam poet. This is fa fab. Almost won the national competition. These are great people doing great stuff. Yeah. But the the I mean, just remember Emily Dickinson, the greatest poet ever, didn't have that in her lifetime. Van Gogh, the most, oh my godly painter ever, did not have that in his lifetime. There's lots of people that did not have that. And do your work and find, uh, I don't know if even Henry, oh, Faulkner, Henry, William Faulkner, before he won the Nobel Prize, his books were out of print. Not all of them, but his earlier work was yeah. out of print. No one was reading him. And then the Nobel what else he had published in whatever year that made the Nobel look at his body of work and boom, now then it became one read him in school. Was like the that. same thing on the Great Gatsby, too? Yeah, and he should have written, he should have lived longer and written more. What a shame that he died young and whatnot. And Thomas Wool, I mean, we know, you know, Thomas Wool, Tom Wolf, you know, the, I mean, the Look Homer Angel guy, uh, and today's Tom Wolf, the other guy, Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh, oh my gosh, you guys should have written more. Just, oh, just there's so much great stuff where they really put their soul out there in the words and you just just like eat, it's literally like eating nourishment for your soul i mean again what is the soul we don't know but but still it's that other part of you that 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 cares or that feels or that grows or that determines your personality and your values you know not the the blood sweat and tears but everything else that's the soul and these writers write directly to it it's just you know oh my god so bless them all but yeah when you read and when you read not in pixel form but actually no phones off no disturbances you got a book in hand and you're going there it's the thing that's called going there going to the place of the author going to become one with that author for that journey of the roughly 17 hours it takes to to read a great book and then reading light stuff i'm about to read some drivel because i just read a really hard book in spanish and so i'm going to read something you know fluffy murder mystery by caleb carr or something like that uh, so yes absolutely treat yourself to the deliciousness then you get the people that write the genre stuff who are incredibly excellent pd james probably the best um murder mystery writer it's literature you know that Eng english woman who did Doug, Doug Leash, um hero uh, or detective, but also Raymond Chandler, one of the great stylists of all time. I see his picture up 
at Barnes and Noble 20 years ago, I go, what? I thought that was genre fiction. Then I start reading Raymond Chandler, and I go, oh, wow, he is one of the great stylists of all time. You know, he's not necessarily going to introduce you to a wisdom that's going to change your life values, but it's so delicious on the way, you know, Philip Marlowe. If you're just tuning in now, you're listening to the author's hour on Smokin' 99.9, WNRI <laughs> since 1954, and um, Apple, Alexa, Forces Network... I believe it's 14 different ways you can listen to this show. And if you missed any part of it, this great discussion by James B. Nicola from uh, Hell's Kitchen, New York, who's going to be in Southbridge, Massachusetts, this coming Thursday night at the Starlet Bar and Gallery. The correct address via GPS is 39 Hamilton Street. And that's going to be from 7 to 10 in Yes open mic sign up starts at 6 30 don't miss it and uh, we're going to get them back on the next time it comes through new england again or get some new work out there and again uh the podcast anchor.fm slash wayne dash baba james we'll see you thursday night that's great wayne thank you so much for having me and everybody take care up in new england poetry and short stories let's go america What a great interview. I can't now wait for Thursday night. That's going to be quite an experience. And I can't I can wait to uh, hear his new works that he has out there. Uh, Brian is really booked up uh, pretty uh, solid right now for auto and truck repairs over at Marvel Motor Sales and Larry's 24-hour towing. And Brian wants to remind our listening audience you can also schedule a Rhode Island vehicle state inspection at Boroughville Motors and Brian by calling 401-568-6286. Now, if you're in a model for uh, a used auto or truck sales, uh, Peter and Jerry head up that part of the business with new arrivals every day. Uh, AC service coming up right now. We already had one heat wave. We had 90 degrees already in April. Get that air conditioner. I know you're hesitant to turn on that blower the first time to see if you lost your Freon over the winter or not. But if you did, they've got an ample supply of Freon at Marble Motor Sales, Larry's 24-hour towing, and Brian's Auto and Truck Repair. All types of towing, whether it's on the hook or a flatbed, jump-starting service, lockout service, you name it, 24-7. Download this phone number right now. You never know when you're going to need it. 401-568-6286. Let me see if we got everything covered today for the commercial part of it. And we got one left. And I saw it this morning on the way in. I always see it on Route 44. Uh, Look around your yard, your garage, your breezeway. Look around. You've got scrap metal. Turn it into some cash. Keep it out of the landfills. Everybody's looking for a little pin money right now. The high inflation of food, oil, and uh, even getting those credit card bills in from Christmas or a very expensive Valentine's Day. Uh, Turn all of that scrap metal into some good moolah right now at Ross Recycling. 
He's paying the highest prices because I know I see the trailers and the pickup trucks heading right up to Putnam, Connecticut at 64 Tucker Hill Road, right on the side of Route 44 as you're entering Putnam, Connecticut for the highest prices available and what locations they have for you too. Clinton, Hartford, North Stonington, Preston, and right here in Putnam, Connecticut at 64 Tucker Hill Road. Zach will give you the highest possible price. And if you're elderly, he has laborers there to unload the back of your trunk or your trailers after you get on the scales. And they'll do all that for you, too. And just a few of the things, including but not limited to aluminum, brass, batteries. There's so much valuable material recyclable in a battery or an electrical motor. Don't get it in the landfill. Turn it into cash. Stainless steel, all types of uh, plate and light iron. At Ross Recycling, 860-928-7165. We're looking at 959, and we had one no-show. It must be a day job. Uh, the first book today would have been Endless Times by Walter Stephen Greeting. Uh, we'll reschedule him for another date. And always a great guest, James Nicola, who's going to be in Southbridge this Thursday. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Author's Hour. And remember tomorrow, have one of the best days of your life. Tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.